is not illegally published. Nor are we fake. Pinch me, I'm real. We are going to repeal and replace horrible, disastrous Obamacare. Those in Congress who made these promises have no credibility whatsoever on earth. As far as uh, wiretapping, I guess, by you know, this past administration, at least we have something in common, perhaps. It's time to make America great again. Join the movement. Caruso, the Neil A. Caruso Show Podcast. Time to dream big. Informative, insightful, and valiant leadership. Telling it the way it is to make a difference. All right, it is Friday. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Uh, We are on the Neil A. Caruso Show Podcast. Friday, March 17th. Again, happy St. Patrick's Day to everyone out there. I, in fact, uh, am 38% Irish. Fun fact there. Um, So a busy day. Today we'll wrap up the week ahead of Sunday's program, uh, which is, of course, live Sunday, 12 noon Eastern on NeilAcruso.com. We have a heck of a show planned for you then and uh, and a lot of fun as well. Um, So we're going to start off with this whole uh, Angela Merkel visiting, uh, the German chancellor visiting President Trump at the White House today. Um, A few things of note, wiretapping in a moment, um, but, you know, NATO, the commitment to NATO is brought up, and President Trump said that uh, we are committed to NATO, but you have to pay your fair share, and it was really fascinating watching this play out. Now, I'm just going to get into substance because that's what I like to do. I Apparently, the lead story tonight, breaking news, folks. It's like Rachel Maddow is doing breaking news again. And breaking news, he didn't he didn't pose for a photo op. He didn't shake her hand. I don't care. And I'm not going to even – not going to talk about it. not going to go there. Um, because, frankly, it uh, it's not the story. To me, the story is the different worldviews that played out in front of the public today in a news conference. You know, they had a meeting. They had lunch together. Um, and it was really fascinating to see because on one side you have a – globalist, someone who has been in politics, uh, very politically savvy, and then on the other side, you have the nationalist outsider in Donald Trump. And, all right, so on NATO, um, you know, President Trump says, you have to pay your fair share, and, you know, Angela Merkel seemed to enjoy, at least it appeared, that she enjoyed Trump's company, and that um, things seemed to be going along, and she seemed to agree with President Trump, uh, just to give you the NATO stats, because I had to dig them up again and give you the uh, specifics. The United States is by far NATO's most powerful member. It spends more on defense than all others combined. The U.S. spent 3.61% of American GDP last year, according to NATO, uh, a level that has somewhat tapered off in recent years, but still very high. Germany, by contrast, spent 1.19% of its overall budget on defense. Ten countries spend even less, and seven, including Canada, Italy, and Spain, would have to virtually double their military spending to reach the target. Um, so that's just defense spending. 
And in terms of NATO, President Trump uh, has said, listen, we're paying for everybody else and we're not getting much of a benefit there. I use the example of Aleppo. Um, there, I mean, it, uh, the U.N. ambassador uh, to the U.N. from uh, the United States, Nikki Haley, said today in an interview that, uh, you know, what has the U.N. done to back Israel? They've only hurt them. They put restrictions on Israel, and they're the only democratic state in the Middle East. So what the hell is the U.N. doing? That's And that's what's being cut out of this budget that we talked about yesterday. And I'll, uh, you know, I'll go over it again in a little bit. But um, the big story, Angela Merkel with President Trump today and the two different worldviews. Um, Angela Merkel is actually um, knows Russia very well, which is interesting. She has a very good working relationship with Vladimir Putin. Um, she doesn't like him. Obviously, he's um, uh, a villain. But she does know how to work with him politically, and I think that um, uh, that that has to come up today when President Trump is meeting with her. How do we deal with Russia? Because, frankly, you know, the phony narrative is not the reality. You know, the phony re narrative of, oh, well, Trump's colluding with Russia. Uh, that's baseless. There's no evidence of it. And the surveillance that they conducted based on the FISA request in October and the FBI's uh, surveillance— their traditional techniques right before the campaign, right before the election, they didn't find anything. All they found was Lieutenant General Michael Flynn preparing to do his job post the election. But I digress on that. The real story in terms of Russia is President Trump really just wants a working relationship. He wants to defeat ISIS. He wants to be able to not have Russia up his butt with these spy ships, and he wants to make sure that we're safe. And so in developing a working relationship with Putin, maybe that's a good idea for our interests. Um, so it would be nice to figure that out. So maybe Merkel offers something to President Trump today in having, how do you deal with Russia? How do you, because they're very savvy, how do you play along but not give them anything? So all of those uh, difficult national security foreign policy um, relations that maybe President Trump can learn a little bit from Angela Merkel. Now, listen, a globalist, much different worldview, but still have an open mind. Let me hear you out on it. Um, it can't hurt. Um, and, you know, Germany, while they only spend, was it 1.19 percent uh, on defense, they still uh, did— uh, send troops to Afghanistan when we were attacked uh, post uh, on 9/11. So you have a uh, a possible ally there that maybe President Trump can lean on, despite different um, a different worldview. Um, so very interesting how that played out. Now the wiretapping uh, came up today in a question by a journalist from Germany. Well, he started talking about about fake news and how could you keep tweeting and all this stuff. <laughs> and President Trump's just saying, hey, well, you're really friendly. Uh, well, here is what President Trump said in terms of wiretapping. And we talked about this on the podcast. You'll pick up on it in a second, and then I'll react. Here's President Trump alongside Angela Merkel at the White House today. Are there from time to time uh, tweets that you regret 
in hindsight. Very and you, seldom. Very seldom, very and seldom. you would have. So you never would have very wished seldom. not to have. Probably uh, wouldn't be something. here right now, but so very seldom. We have a tremendous group of people that listen, and I can get around the media when the media doesn't tell the truth. So I like that. Uh, as far as uh, wiretapping, I guess by you know this past administration, at least we have something in common, perhaps. Now remember, Angela Merkel was wiretapped, was surveilled by the Obama administration. And we went over this. Not only was she wiretapped, but the phone records of a Fox News reporter was uh, taken as well because of a story that he had reported on. Uh, James Rosen, that is, from Fox News. So you had a situation with the Obama administration, they made it very easy. They loosened the laws in terms of NSA leaks, in terms of, um, or not leaks, in terms of NSA surveillance, rather. And they made it easy to be able to get information and surveil. And the Obama administration actually wiretapped Angela Merkel. In Germany. Now, a lot of um, national security, foreign policy experts say, listen, we spy on other nations, we spy on our allies so that we can plan ahead for what their actions are. They spy on us, we spy on our adversaries for obvious reasons. Listen, I understand, uh, you know, doing that for foreign policy reasons, but to go as far as surveil a foreign leader, it seems a little, a little out there for me. I can understand you trying to get a, a to gain an advantage, but at the same time, if you're really an ally, and listen, I'm not a national security foreign policy uh, expert, I'm not a general, um, but you know this goes on. Is it really necessary to wiretap a leader of a foreign nation? Because the uproar is that Russia possibly tapped into our, which they never tapped into our election because the ballots weren't changed, but that they were somehow meddling. I mean, so if we all do it, then what's the problem? That it's only okay if we do it? It's like, it, let's have some more discussion about this. There's too many covert things going on, especially when it comes to surveillance. Um, you know, meanwhile, uh, when you have all these problems going on and leaking and you know, just to reiterate here, okay, the wiretapping, and they're calling it, oh, President Trump is repeating his wiretap claim, his baseless claim. Well, no, we know that the Obama administration requested for a FISA request that was too broad last June and was shot down. We know then in June, in, uh, in October, right before the election, he was granted a FISA request to look into the Trump Organization's alleged ties to a Russian bank, and by the way, the uh, CNN today reporting this evening that uh, the their Alpha Bank in Russia uh, is claiming, uh, so this is their words, claiming that um, that they were hacked um, and to uh, put a perception that a server in Trump Tower, the Trump Organization, was connected with the Russian bank. Well. That we know the details on because we told you the story put forth by two uh, very high-qualified uh, journalists that work for Circa News, and they put together a story, well-sourced, that says, and cite sources, 
saying that a Hillary Clinton supporter at Indiana University, and she admits to it, uh, used her IT specialty to basically bounce the server, and I don't know the, the technical terms, I'll give you an analogy in a second, but basically to relate the server to tie it to Russia. And these are the allegations. And she admits that she is a Hillary supporter and did some things technologically-wise that people, you know, aren't too tech-savvy wouldn't understand. The analogy that can best explain what was allegedly done by this Hillary supporter that we discussed yesterday or the day before was that it's like sending a letter to yourself and putting the return address as Russia so that if it bounces back, it bounces back to Russia. And it was sent to Trump Tower at the Trump Organization. And then the FBI went in. They had a reason to investigate and see if candidate Trump was colluding, but it had nothing to do with him. Um, the Secret Service uh, today uh, report that um, they did not, that person that climbed, I didn't even talk about it here, but um, you probably heard of the story of the intruder that jumped on, hopped the fence onto the premises at the White House. He was on the premises of the White House for 16 minutes before he was finally apprehended and arrested. Imagine an intruder there for 16 minutes before he was finally taken down. Now, I was listening to a former Secret Service agent who said that anyone that climbs that fence and hops over should be taken as a terrorist threat and should be shot. Now, I don't know if I agree with that. I think there should be stop and frisk. I think that there should be immediate apprehension. That's uh, intrusion and violation of private property and obviously a high um, security area. President Trump was in the White House, in the residency area, and he claimed that he had a meeting, this intruder, with President Trump, and he had Mason in his bed. And it was 16 minutes before he was actually stopped. That is unexplainable. That can't happen. When, when the president is in the White House and you let someone walk into the property so anyone can walk in there, uh, unbelievable. And then today, the Secret Service um, has a computer stolen out of a car in New York City. How does that happen? How do you leave a computer in a car? And this has, uh, well, apparently what they say is that there's no classified information on there. But what was originally reported was that there, it contained the computer, now encrypted, and they can... Uh, remove all the information on the computer remotely, but still, apparently, there was information on there containing Trump Tower plans, like a blueprint, and also Clinton, Hillary Clinton's uh, investigation, ongoing investigation with the Clinton Foundation on that computer. How do you leave a computer in a car? Individuals don't even do that, and the Secret Service does that, gets it stolen? How does that happen? Unbelievable. Um, now, another big story today, uh, President Trump uh, met with the uh, head of the VA that he, uh, that he um, nominated, Trump's pick for VA Secretary, David Shulkin, um, and he says that his administration's plan to reform the Department of Veterans Affairs is ahead of schedule and announced a group of veteran services organizations that 
Uh, he would conduct a meeting with his Veterans Advisory Board later uh, in the evening tonight uh, at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, he said, quote, this is the president, um, during my campaign, I outlined a detailed plan for reforming veterans' care throughout our country. This is before a listening session at the White House this morning. Trump said, it's moving. I think I can say honestly ahead of schedule, which is great. He sees improvements already being made. Of course, Trump's plan includes a hiring surge of mental health professionals and the creation of a direct line to the White House that veterans can call to log complaints about the VA's performance if there are long wait times and other bureaucratic nonsense. And as a result, President Trump has cut back on substandard VA employees. He says, we're going to fire them. And he told Secretary Shulkin that he can fire any bad VA employees and any nonsense positions that don't need to be filled. Um, CEO of Marvel, uh, Ike Perlmutter, will be in attendance at the meeting of Mar-a-Lago tonight. Uh, doctors and businessmen uh, will be there uh, at the meeting at the so-called Southern uh, White House. Um, and so you're looking at a 10-point plan that President Trump put forth ahead of the election to reform the VA. And part of that is appointing Shulkin, whose sole purpose will be to serve veterans. The Obama administration, this is according to President Trump's 10-point plan, has continually placed D.C. bureaucrats' needs above those of veterans. We've seen the long wait times, 395,000 homeless veterans on a given night in this country, and many suffering from PTSD. Mr. Trump will use the powers of the presidency to remove and discipline the federal employees and managers who have violated the public's trust and failed to carry out the duties on behalf of our veterans. Mr. Trump will then ask Congress to pass legislation that empowers the Secretary of the VA to discipline or terminate any employee who has jeopardized the health, safety, or well-being of a veteran. Number four, Mr. Trump will create a commission to investigate all the fraud, the cover-ups, the wrongdoing that has taken place at the VA and present these findings to Congress for um, legislative reform. Mr. Trump will protect and promote honest employees at the VA who highlight wrongdoing and will guarantee that their jobs are protected. Number six on his 10-point plan to reform the VA, he will create private, a private White House hotline, as I mentioned, be active 24 hours a day, answered by a real person, and will be devoted to answering a veteran's complaints of wrongdoing at the VA and ensure no complaints fall through the cracks. Number seven, Mr. Trump will stop giving bonuses to any VA employees who are wasting money and start rewarding employees who seek to improve the VA service, cut waste, and save lives. Honestly, a reward system, not a bad way to go, especially for those that do things that they don't get credit for and the wrong people take advantage. Mr. Trump will also increase the number of mental health care professionals and allow vets to be able to seek mental health care outside of the VA. And Mr. Trump will ensure that every veteran has a choice to seek care at the VA or at a private service provider of their own choice. Under the Trump administration, no veteran will die waiting for service, according to Mr. Trump's 10-point plan. Now, the private hospital uh, thing in this 10-point plan is key. I've actually talked to veterans about this. I've talked to people who run um, local veterans groups in New York, and they've all told me that, listen, that is essential. 
they should be able to get free health care for the rest of their life for serving for our country. And instead, we give free health care to illegal immigrants who come in, violate our laws by being here originally, and we're giving them services and refugees services ahead of people who protect our nation for national security. Um, so uh, also White House um, had to issue a directive, okay? Unbelievably, they actually had to issue this directive to all the aid facilities instructing them to hang a portrait of President Trump. Now, the story here is that a Republican congressman and Army veteran, Brian Mast, he hung a portrait of President Trump and Secretary of VA uh, David Shulkin at the West Palm Beach VA Medical Center. But the pictures were taken down by staffers with one reportedly declaring that President Trump was not his president. Uh, Mast and local veterans spoke out against the move, though the management argued there was a protocol for hanging these photos and they'd need to be authenticated. The White House then, as a result, directed VA buildings to print Trump's picture from the internet and hang it until President Trump's official portrait is released by the White House. Um, it is commonplace for the current president's picture to be hung in government buildings. Um, a VA spokeswoman said that the congressman's actions and the actions of the veterans who accompanied him were inappropriate, uh, said that the portraits on display at the VA need to come from the central office, but now that this directive is put forth, there should be the portrait of, of our president uh, hanging. Uh, that, by the way, that rep represented Mast. He's a real hero. He lost his legs in an IED blast in Afghanistan and still receives treatment at that Florida facility. And he said, quote, this is exactly what pisses people off about government is that they don't have the kind of reactionary capability to just fix a problem immediately. Here we see they made a, uh, an even bigger problem out of the situation. I mean, very true. That, you know, all he did was, and he's a hero for our country, served our nation, has legs blown off, and all he's doing is hanging a portrait of our president. Why is that such a terrible thing? Unbelievable. Um, it's okay to be proud of our country. I mean, frankly, even though I did not agree with President Obama policy-wise, if I walk into a VA and I see a picture of the president, I understand and respect that. You have to. So, same thing goes with President Donald Trump. Now, um, an out-of-state group, more, I guess, political correctness, if you want to call it, is demanding that a Florida city remove a cross from a city hall that stands as a tribute to veterans. There's a wooden cross inside Longwood City Hall in Florida bearing the words, quote, we will never forget their sacrifices. Not a political statement there, very welcoming and inclusive to all those who served. It's part of a traveling Vietnam War memorial. The Freedom From Religion Foundation, however, uh, argues that the Christian symbol should not be in a government building. Well, you know, we also remember our framers wrote the Pledge of Allegiance under one God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I think it's okay to have a cross to honor those who served in Vietnam. Meanwhile, um, that's coming with, as a result of the story, a lot of veterans are saying, hey, you know, it's a nice thing what they're doing. Um, the budget 
as I mentioned before, includes a big increase in uh, the VA, $4.4 billion increase, 5.9%, um, increasing discretionary funding for VA healthcare, while also investing in IT advancements to improve efficiency. Also provides monetary support for VA programs that serve homeless and at-risk veterans. This budget is very, it's a, an America First budget as it's called, and puts our priorities back in place. Um, and I was talking to some people uh, yesterday. Actually, well, uh, last night did an interview with um, with a magician who I met at the VFW in Farmingdale. It does a lot of um, charity work. And um, that interview will air on the Neely Caruso show on Sunday at 12 noon Eastern. And the magician, uh, his name is Phil Levy. Uh, we sat down with him for an interview at his home. And he was talking about the budget, and he was like, you know, the budget's fine. I mean, it puts the priorities in place there. Um, so we are going to have an interview, not a political interview, uh, but more about him in the community making a difference, putting smiles on those veterans' faces, putting smiles on on, on children and, and families and through his work, and actually a former uh, school teacher as well, taught uh, junior high school. So um, a good change of pace. We'll have that on the show on Sunday, a uh, sit-down interview for you. Um, other news on health care, it seems like things are shifting a little bit. Uh, President Trump is ramping up the fight um, on the U.S. health care overhaul today, uh, agreeing to changes in the Republican plan. So as we said, you know, President Trump has endorsed the House bill, which is not is getting a lot of criticism for not being conservative enough, especially from the Freedom Caucus and uh, Freedom Caucus members like Jim Jordan uh, and Mark Meadows. Um, House Republicans are fast-tracking the legislation. They're expected uh, to see its fourth and final House committee hearing on Wednesday, and then hopefully they're hoping anyway that it'll go to a House vote on a Thursday, setting up another battle in the Senate, which also has a Republican majority, obviously. But the problem here is that you're having a lot of opposition to this, and frankly, you know I don't agree with this bill in, in its entirety, and whether, you know, a, a three-prong approach I can understand, because it's got to be, uh, there's got to be a process here, it's got to be a reconciliation bill, yada yada. There just isn't a Republican consensus on this yet. And so, President Trump met with some uh, Republicans today, and there were some changes that uh, look to be coming. So House Republicans had a White House meeting with President Trump today uh, and a Capitol Hill meeting with House Speaker Paul Ryan and Health and Human Services Secretary Tom Price. They listed several changes. There are a lot of markups to the bill, um, and they expect this will attract both moderate and conservative party members who are currently you know, waffling about their support for this bill. House Budget Committee Chairman Diane Black, who attended the Capitol Hill session, said that they are likely uh, those changes, there will be changes, likely changes to tax credits uh, that I've been critical of because it's just frankly, you know, uh, it, it's not conservative um, enough of a plan and it's not going to lower the cost. It's going to continue the dependency. And so uh, the budget committee chairman said that there will be changes or there, uh, to these tax credits offered in the bill to do more. For older, lower-income people, uh, something Republican moderates have sought. Now, on the conservative side, uh, President Trump's 
seems to appear to agree to changes on the Medicaid government insurance program for the poor. Uh, now, remember, President Trump, you know, they're making it – what they're trying to do here is say this is Trump's bill. This is really the House bill. President Trump has endorsed it, but at the same time, it's not, you know, President Trump's uh, main piece of legislation. It's, you know, really just undoing this Obamacare mess, and this was Obama's uh, big achievement. And if they undo this, Obama has no legacy left. Uh, but the Medicaid is a big, uh, big thing to change, and Trump is deeply involved in the negotiation here. And so there will be changes in tax credits and Medicaid, it seems. So that's being marked up, which is a positive. Um, expected changes would provide states with the option to receive a federal lump sum block grant for Medicaid and latitude to manage the program as they see fit, which uh, I've proposed block grants myself. Um, in a letter on Thursday to Paul Ryan Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell, um, the Republican governors of Ohio, Michigan, and Nevada and Arkansas say the current bill does not provide new flexibility for states which shifts significant costs to them. So there's going to be some infighting as well and some jockeying for position. But, you know, I think what you're going to find is that, and President Trump says he's 100% behind this, um, that, you know, we are making some changes. He says there are little changes, but still there needs to be some changes made. Um, what you're going to see on some of these bills that is put forth by the Trump administration, by uh, the House and Senate, you're going to see with these, I think there are about, uh, I think there's 10, 10 or between 10 and 13, uh, up for re-election Democrats are up for re-election in traditionally blue states that went red for Trump. You're going to find that they are going to go along with some policy because they're um, they're afraid of, of losing the re-election. Uh, so you may even have some bipartisan support, not necessarily on health care, but on some other bills. You have to remember that that's, you know, President Trump shook this whole system up, and he's not ideological. I mean, look, he's trying to bring moderates and conservatives together. But like he said in the clip that we played for you, and we'll play it again on Sunday because Sunday we're going to talk a lot about uh, division in this country. And the fact that Democrats, they continue to obstruct, and even if uh, Trump put a liberal plan out there, Democrats wouldn't go for it. You know, it's uh, like Trump said yesterday or a couple of days ago earlier this week at the uh, Nashville rally that you could put the most liberal plan and still— you would not have Democratic support, which is uh, which is unbelievable. Um, did you hear this one? Uh, Bow Wow uh, tweeted uh, something very disgusting about our first lady. And then that kind of leads us to our next segment that we'll get into about some, some funny things we'll leave off on Friday. On a, a funny note, but at the same time, uh, said that people are, are, are doing this nonsense. Uh, Bow Wow... Pushed his way into the Snoop Dogg Donald Trump feud. We talked about that uh, the other day because Trump had tweeted about it. Because um, Snoop Dogg, if you didn't hear, has a video, a, uh, a rap video, in which he has Trump dressed like a clown. It's like a clown Trump character that is assassinated, which is disgusting. And frankly, 
probably should be looked at by the Secret Service because that can inspire people. This is what Bow Wow tweeted today. I don't, I, the language here is, I'm sorry. Uh, I, yo, whatever the hell that means, uh, at real Donald Trump, shut your punk ass up talking the S word about my uncle Snoop Dogg before we pimp your wife and make her work for us. Now, I don't even know if you can understand that language, um, <laughs> but this is disgusting. Saying that he wants to, quote, pimp out Melania Trump. How dare he say something like this about the first lady? Who who asked for his opinion anyway? And what gives him the right to degrade a woman like this? But, you know, President Trump said something about, uh, you know, one of the women that he's related to. Uh, there would be absolute outrage and disgust and they'd be calling for his impeachment. Okay? So, you know, double standard. And, frankly, this is absolutely disgusting that was said about the First Lady. And... You know, if President Trump were to tweet at him, go ahead. Defend, defend her. This was absolutely uh, deplorable. It was. We're going to pimp your wife out? With, who the hell talks like that? And who the hell um, uh, says something so degrading about someone? And then, you know, I guess he's a liberal and claims that he's tolerant. Well, you know, we'll get into actually some uh, stories coming up after the break about, um, well, there's actually a song that was made by a couple of country music guys. He actually followed me on Twitter today, which is funny. So we will uh, play that for you. It is a snowflake anthem. Not my words. I'm not saying it. Dingle there. They made this snowflake anthem, and you know what? I'm going to play it because we'll have a little fun. Um, and then also, you have Amy Schumer blaming the alt-right for her poor ratings on her Netflix video and some other uh some other things that are that are going on and then you know kind of tell you what's going on for sunday's show because we have a, a very busy and a big league show uh planned for sunday afternoon big league america first so we will uh, come back and we'll talk about all that we'll come back with the snowflake song we will make america great again all that and more coming up you're listening to the neil acres show podcast Stay classy with Caruso, the Neelay Caruso Show Podcast. Green light. Hey girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah. Street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. A ranger station. I'd like to report a bear hug. Okay. I put out my campfire and Smokey Bear hugged me. So you drowned the fire, you stirred it, drowned it again, and felt that it was cold? Uh-huh. Yeah, but he's just letting you know you did good. Bear hug from Smokey Bear. Status update. I'm going to let you go now. There are many ways to start a fire, but one sure way to put it out. Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester. Indoor baseball, anyone? 
Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. You saw the surprise, the fear in our eyes, Donald became president. Scream, this can't be true, America's through, and to the same spaces we went. I've got friends in safe spaces, if you don't go with us, then you must be racist, that's our catchphrase. Where's my latte? Come on in and let's get cozy. Showing off participation trophies, watching CNN. Safe spaces. You are fake news. You watch. Watch the Neely Crusoe Show Sundays at noon Eastern and listen to the Neely Crusoe Show podcast on NeelyCrusoe.com. We all get along. We sing happy songs and watch movies by Michael Moore. We hate the alt-right. We got puppies on sight and we lay around on the floor. There's color in books and sad long face looks. And tears just explode from our face. But give us an hour. We're delicate flowers. We just need an embrace. I've got friends in safe spaces. Oh, don't go with this. Then you must be racist. That's our catchphrase. Where's my latte? Wrong. Showing off participation trophies Watching CNN You are fake news And safe spaces Alright, we continue the Neil A. Christmas Show podcast So this is uh, obviously to the Garth Brooks hit uh, Friends in Low Places, in case you don't know uh, that hit song uh, This is sung by the con- country duo of uh, Chad Prather and Steve Mudflat McGrew, who followed me on Twitter this evening, um, to this iconic 90s song of uh, Garth Brooks, and it's it's called um, Friends in Safe Spaces is the name of the song that they put together, which is hysterical. And Ted Cruz actually <laughs> tweeted this out, um, I guess, uh, two days ago, Wednesday, and this has gone viral. Uh, a tribute to snowflakes everywhere, says Ted Cruz. Uh, so very funny. So I had to play that for you because we need to light it up a little bit on this Friday. Um, but uh, very funny. We'll see if we could actually get uh, this duo on if they'd come on the show. But uh, very, very funny. The the lyrics there, I mean, you know, if, if you don't go with us in our safe space and you must be racist, come on in, let's be cozy, showing off participation trophies. <laughs> Ah, oh, guy, good old, you know, it, it's funny because it's true. It's funny because it's true. Um, all right, well, Amy Schumer is saying that the internet is to blame, that the alt-right internet trolls 
<laughs> behind uh, Netflix specials bad reviews. That's the headline today. Uh, she's went on a rant online, claiming that uh, that alt right internet trolls are the ones responsible for her terrible ratings. Um, Schumer has a leather special. I don't even want to know what that's about. Uh, anything that has to deal with Schumer, I'm not watching. Uh, I'm kidding. I, I listen to everything um, except for uh, this crap because I'm not going to waste my time. But um, debuted last week on Netflix, and uh, the streaming service uh, services subscribers are uh, starting to watch it. Less than stellar reviews uh, pouring in. And this is what she said in a lengthy Instagram post. She said, the alt-right organized trolls attack everything I do. They organize to get my ratings down. You really think that people give a crap about her ratings? <laughs> you either watch something or you don't. You either like an actor or you don't. Like, they're, like people do people actually waste their time conferring that we got to make sure that we don't watch the show. No, because they probably don't even know about it because I never even heard about it until now. And I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty well read. And I didn't know about that. Um, and then she goes, um, she slams journalists. Uh, so apparently there's a lot of fake news going on in terms of her Netflix ratings. And uh, she says that I want to thank them. And it reminds me of what I'm, uh, what I'm saying is effective and Bring more interest to my work, and their obsession with me keeps going. No one's obsessed with Amy Schumer. Give me a break. Unbelievable. Remember what Barbara Streisand, I didn't even talk about this, but she, a couple weeks ago, said that um, she's getting fat because of Trump, that they're, that people are getting fat because of Trump. No, it's because she ate that extra McDonald's burger. And then this week also, this guy I never even heard of, uh, Chris Evans, an American uh, actor apparently, and superhero roles and I don't even know who he is. Do you know who he is? Because I have no clue. He says that he feels rage. He said this in an interview published Wednesday. I feel fury. It's unbelievable. Talking about Trump supporters, by the way. People were just so desperate to hear someone say that tr someone is to blame. They were just so happy to hear that someone was angry. Hear someone say Washington sucks. They just want something new without actually understanding. I mean, guys like Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon. This man has no place in politics. It's going to Chris Evans, whoever the hell he is. I mean, you know, okay, all right, you just alienate half of your audience. That works. <laughs> he feels such rage because people supported Trump. Well, I feel rage that he's preaching to me. Um, meanwhile, you know, let's talk about attacking your... Uh, your audience, you know, the whole Rachel Maddow uh, dust up with the taxes that, oh, my God, we got the returns. And then she actually read it and goes, oh, President Trump spent $39 million on his taxes. <laughs> I made $150 million. Unbelievable. So she comes out, and they try to do everything they can undermine Trump. And she comes out, and, uh, and now today— blaming her audience or last night whatever i don't watch her show she comes out and and says that uh that the hype was not by her or msnbc it was hyped up by the audience that they hyped it up and that there really was nothing uh i, I was getting alerts galore while i was recording the podcast was this wednesday is when this whole thing came out i'm getting alerts galore saying rachel mano got a hold of president trump's taxes okay it was a ratings goof of course it was. <laughs> and she's blaming the audience for that. She's blaming the audience for um, for the hype 
that happened. Unbelievable. And then a Time Magazine uh, op-ed today, Donna Brazil, admits that she gave the question to Hillary. She said, that, you know, we favor, we try to favor our Democratic candidates, did all I could, but obviously the CNN thing is what I regret. How about she doesn't even regret it? She just regrets getting caught. Um, you know, she does not regret giving the question to Hillary. She wanted her to win. There's no doubt about that. Um, but, you know, of course, she's upset that she she was caught in that. Now, uh, Sunday's show, we have uh, the Neil A. Caruso show on Sunday. Uh, we will be talking uh, in the Real Deal segment about the effort to try to undermine Trump. It's a concerted effort. We're going to lay it out for you um, and go through uh, the details in our Real Deal segment. And then, of course, uh, we do have that interview making a difference segment with uh, magician, entertainer, Phil Levy, about uh, making a difference in his community. What he does, he's doing his part to make America great again, like we're doing on this program. We will make America great again. America first. Big League. So uh, we will be back on the podcast on Monday, but the show on Sunday, and we'll talk about what the what they are doing to continually try to undermine President Trump. We'll lay it out for you in the Real Deal segment, um, and a lot more to get to. I mean, we have uh, a ton of content for Sunday. Always, always is a lot. Uh, we'll probably talk about Germany a little bit, and uh, some healthcare policy. You name it. Uh, the travel suspension. We'll go into every facet that we can. Um, that's Sunday on the Neil A. Caruso Show. Um, the division in this country really is going to be part of that real deal segment, the, the utter divide, and that's happening. Um, we'll talk about that, so we'll see you Sunday. God bless you, and God bless America. The Neil A. Caruso Show podcast is a production of Caruso Enterprises, engaging, informing, and entertaining, passion-driven, factual content that makes a difference following Neil A. Caruso on social media. And log on to neilacaruso.com to sign up for Caruso's comments, newsletters, and be the first to know.